this is the Exploring Happiness podcast. Let's get happier together. Hello, hello, hello. You're back. Okay, today I'm going to talk about global warming. Global warming, climate change, environmental protection. Why am I going to talk about this? Because so many people are anxious about it. So I'm talking to people and they, they say like, yeah, and it's also worrying. And, and it's really standing in the way of their happiness. I understand that because I had these problems for a long time until I somehow began not to have that anymore. I think it's just because if you're happy, you just broaden your horizon. You have so many more options and solutions and it's so much more positive and you find ways to work it out. But if you're anxious or angry or sad or any, any of the so-called negative emotions, it's just very narrow. It's, it's a tunnel view and it's really threatening and it makes you feel miserable and it doesn't really improve anything then because you don't really improve anything. You're just anxious. I think it's important to be anxious and have fear and feel threatened because that makes you work on that, <laughs> change it, improve it, or actually in emergency cases, fight, flight, or freeze. But the global warming situation, environment situation, is not really a fight, flight, or freeze situation. It's a situation where in the long term we have to think together but also individually how we want to live on this earth and actually if we still want to keep living on this earth because that is I guess the main point. Nature will persevere. I mean the panda and the black or white rhino, the tiger, the orangutan and all the animals who are already extinct. Yeah they might not persevere but nature, nature per se, will persevere, whatever we do. So it's really about us. It's about us and our legacy, the following generations. If we can keep living on this planet or if we make it unlivable here. And yes, that's threatening <laughs> very much because, you know, there's so many people polluting and making space unlivable. And like also each of us who all want our cars. Well, I don't own a car, but I want my own things, which are probably not, not that helpful. Well, we want to live in this world and there's so many people, so many people. And I mean, all those people who can't afford this life, and I'm talking about Western style life, all these nations who can't afford that yet, where people might still live in mud huts and remotely and who really might like adopt that lifestyle. Well, they, they should. They should be able to do that. Should be the same right everybody else has. But then it's getting really, really many people. And I think we are all aware of it. And that's why so many of us are anxious. Uh, so many of us are going to the street. So many of us are involved in activism or advocacy. And I think that's right in some ways. But I think we should dial down the anxious level. I think it a lot of the anxiety is because it feels like the individual can't do much. The, the politicians have to do something. Society has to do something. The industry has to do something. But the individual can't really do anything. And it's all up to somebody. 
And that's never really a good feeling. <laughs> that's never a good feeling because then you're just waiting for other people to do something and hoping that they do something and hoping that they come to their senses and change something. But you can't do anything. And I think that's really an unhappy situation. It's an anxiety-causing situation. I think it's a lot better to unpack that, to start thinking about it, what it actually means for you, what you want the world to look like, and what is available to you. So because it's my podcast, I'm just going to lay out a few ideas I have about this, how I approach it. It's not that I'm all perfect in that. There could be a lot more. But I'm also, I also found that I can't bend backwards uh, and around uh, to make things happen, which are not really working with me. So I'm always trying to find a way to work towards this better world or this world where we are not destroying it. <laughs> but I can't just change everything. I can't just move to a mud hut and live there. Uh, I don't want to. But I've taken steps and I'm taking more and more steps. And even by talking about this, I'm taking steps to do my little bit. And that actually makes me happy because it gives me something to do. So I'm not just sitting there and waiting for everybody else to do something. I'm doing something. My little bit. Maybe it's just, you know, a little bit and it, it's like a drop on a hot stone and it's just going, phew. but maybe it's not. Maybe it's just, you know, a, a lot of other people do the same or maybe, maybe I might be even role modeling or, you know, exchanging my ideas and um, with others and getting their, like their action, what they do, which I can actually implement and they find something in mind. So, you know, it's just working towards it. Little steps. Things we can do, we as individuals can do, without a flight, fight or freeze, slowly. So, for example, I have implemented a few things like uh, I compost my food waste. It was very handy, so I tried a few things. I live in an apartment and we tried Bokashi. There's nowhere I can get rid of it after. It's, the, the bin is full, so it's, it's like a compost bin. But you have to bury it somewhere and I couldn't bury it anywhere. So I found different ways and then that was not possible anymore. And at some point I was just giving that up. But somebody put in compost bin in our um, courtyard, in our apartment building courtyard. And so I'm really, really committed to that. I have, I have um, a plastic container in my fridge where I put all the food waste. And then I go once twi or twice a day, sometimes every two days out and just empty it into that compost bin. I have no idea what's happening there. I'm just really happy it exists because it's definitely composting. I don't think that anybody's going to take the compost, but it doesn't matter because it's composting. So it's, it's getting less in there and I can just keep adding my food. I, it doesn't seem that there are many people doing it. But it doesn't matter. It, it gives me an option not to put my food waste into landfill. Food waste is contributing to a huge amount of carbon emissions uh, in landfill. And that can be really prevented by composting. So putting it back into the soil in, in a way. It's a lot of food waste because uh, just the peels and eggshells and bones and you, you can put so many things in there. It really has cut down my whole waste situation. So that is something to look into. Then I'm going bulk bile shopping. So I'm taking my own containers and go to stores where you can just, you know, fill your own containers with 
whatever, dishwashing powder, uh, flour, nuts and um, uh, rice and uh, a lot of things actually, honey. And if you then make some things yourself, like easy things, like I used to make really easy bread, you can make pizza dough yourself and you can make pasta yourself, which is not actually that difficult. I uh, used to make it a lot. So if you just do one or two, you can reduce again packaging waste. And so with bulk buy and making easy things without, you know, standing days in the kitchen, you can really reduce packaging and waste. So that, that would be action steps where you can actually do something. And I think just bring a keep cup to when you get a coffee or just get your coffee in a ceramic cup, sit down for five minutes and enjoy it instead of taking these plasticky paper cups and so, you know, there's easy ways to save waste and do something for the environment against global warming without even doing much. But then there's also just reflecting on it, thinking about it, what it means. So, I mean, it's all about the fear that nature, and we are part of nature, is going to make it impossible for us to live, that we go extinct. And I think that comes back to being respectful and also showing empathy and compassion and not only for yourself and fellow humans but also animals plants well all nature everything and i think we can even have respect for our apartment our home our workplace uh, things we own belongings material belongings i like how Marie Kondo, the declutter lady, how she brings in uh, the spirit of things and how material belongings might have a spirit. And you, it might be better to actually go through everything and see if you want to keep it because otherwise you're just dragging things with you and that's kind of showing no respect. So by decluttering and either deciding that you want to keep these things, you want to use them or you want to just keep them and show respect uh, to them like that. Or by Marie Kondo says goodbye and thank you. Thank you to things she discards and gives away. It's also respectful. So showing respect and gratitude for our life, for the, that we are able to live this life and this way of life. I think feeling that and having that attitude helps to find new ways, new action steps to do better for the environment, to do better against global warming, to take more action and to just live that, that attitude and possibly also role mo model with that. So others who are really confused what to do might just follow you because you're authentic in this. You're respectful and grateful for what you have, the resources you have, which include the environment, nature. I mean, like I say, in the end, we are also nature. So that would be like a, like a mindset thing we can do. And then there's also the idea of you never know how it's going to turn out. I mean, it is not a fight, flight or freeze situation because there's no action right now. I mean, yeah, action right now, but it's not, you know, the danger is not right now. It's a long-term situation. And you never know what, what opportunities might turn up to find a solution. Or, uh, I guess in this situation, it will be a huge amount of solutions 
uh, because it's not, not an easy uh, to do thing. People are already researching on ways to make our world with the comfort we have sustainable. And then there are quite a lot of people who decide not to have kids because the world is already so full. And there might be also a mind shift in that Western societies, aging societies, and there should be more children to be able to pay the pension for, for the um, old people then and to replace the workforce and so on. But maybe there will be a mind shift towards, well, maybe we just have less people. Maybe we just make it work with a society or societies which consist of less people. And yes, there's more old people and less young people, but the old people are not, a lot of them don't need to be taken care of the way it used to be. So it doesn't need that many young people to take care of old people anymore because the Western societies are living in, in a more affluent status and people get very old, but also stay fit a, a lot longer. So they can take care of themselves, they actually enjoy life, they have uh, the resources to enjoy life. And maybe that the re this reverse pyramid with too many old people at the top and then too, uh, too few young people at the bottom, maybe it's not that threatening anymore if we start looking at it like, yes, maybe it is better if there's less people on this earth. There's so many people and it's not sustainable that way. And maybe that's just a natural way to reduce the population naturally. So society might shift more and more that way, seeing that this reversed uh, pyramid with the old age on top and, and then the few young people on the bottom, maybe that's actually going to be accepted as a good thing. And maybe society also will shift its thinking how people contribute to the long-term way humans populate this earth. And people who are actually consciously deciding not to have kids, I mean, some people just can't get kids, or some people don't have kids yet, but people who consciously decide that, no, thank you, <laughs> uh, that's all great, but I don't want that, uh, there's enough of us, it, it will be seen more as a actually contribution to society. In the moment, because I'm an, a mother, so I wanted kids and I have two, I hear a lot about women mothers, um, their, uh, that their contribution is not acknowledged enough in society and we have to bang, bend backwards and whatever to make it all happen, work and look after the kids and do a great job everywhere. And I think that discussion is necessary, although I think some people just expect very much. <laughs> But I also hear a lot about how society has to kind of accept that we mothers should have more rights and the kids should have more. And, and I think like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we also have to respect that some people contribute in a completely different way by not having kids. And maybe they, I mean, they pay taxes and we get family assistance from that and schools and childcare and so on and so on. And these people pay for, for all these things we get as well. And may, maybe there will be a whole shift looking at contributions in the long term. And those are things which are interesting to 
reflect upon. And even if that doesn't assuage the anxiety right away, it is a way of thinking different ways to, well, towards keeping this world hospitable, keeping global warming down, reduce it, be more respectful, more sustainable. I think sustainable is a really, really good term because that's what we want. We want the sustainable life on this earth where it can continue to happen and we are not just blowing ourselves up. So by taking small steps, seeing the responsibility also in the individual, not waiting for everybody else to take action, by adopting a mindset to get there, to be respectful, grateful for the resources and act accordingly, to possibly role model and also to be open to think about different angles, how society might work this out and um, how society is going to look at population changes and also at contributions towards the goal of reduced global warming, sustainability and uh, hopefully long, 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 long life for humans at this earth. And I think this helps, well, at least it helps me to not be anxious, to actually be really hopeful, to go like, well, cool, I can do things, like there is hope, let's just get to it and it will just be as it is, but I can do something. I don't have to sit around and be fearful, maybe not even for myself, but for my kids or the kids of my kids. I can do something now. I can compost or talk about it, share experiences, share ways to reduce the footprint. That's what I hope. And I hope this makes you happy, less anxious. If you have any good tips to share, please do so. Direct message me on Instagram or Facebook. My handle is aw.exploringhappiness or email me happy at anjavent.com. I put it in the show notes or comment in the podcast. And if you like this episode, send it to somebody. Maybe it makes them happy too. Next time I talk about play. Have a happy week. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week when we explore more happiness together.